Hey everyone, this is Joseph Bosco, pastor of Highway Church. Thanks for joining us on our podcast. You know, all of us need the right kind of voices in our lives. Voices that inspire us to know the one who made us. Voices that awaken our divine destiny and reveal to us the goodness of God. Well, that's what this ministry is all about. So enjoy the message. I am honored to be here today. I want you to know that. I mean that I'm here to serve, and it's such a blessing to be with this particular family. If I lived anywhere near here, this is where I would go to church. You know, the, um, what happens in the pastor's life it, uh, comes down through the congregation. And so I'm glad they receive offerings and they're not ashamed of the gospel. I'm glad that they worship the Lord. They're not ashamed of the gospel. I'm glad they have a strong family. They're not ashamed of the gospel. You want to go to church where the people are believing God with you, not just preaching at you. Amen. <laughs> So you honor God in this place, and you honor God in your place, and you honor God in every place you go. And when you do that, you'll see signs and wonders and miracles, and, and you'll see things that you never thought you'd ever see before. Yeah. There's a lot to be done. There's a lot to be done in a short time. So take your place. Take your place. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Turn to somebody and say, I'm, I'm going to get in my place. Amen. Um, in 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 30, God said, Those who honor me, I will honor. Also, Jesus said in John 13, 20, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that receives whoever I send receives me, and he that receives me receives him that sent me. Never take the pastor for granted. Um, one of the things that's happened in the body of Christ, I'm sad to say, is they have dumbed down. And I want to be out of here by two. Okay. Uh, they have dumbed down the ministry gifts and made the office of the pastor. He's just one of the guys. That is not true. He is one of the guys in one respect. But if the man or the woman of God that uh, is pastoring a church, they have supernatural gifts on the inside of them. And uh, so I always taught my people, because uh, I've pastored churches over the years, I always said to the congregation, if I'm a pastor, I'm not saying I am, but if I'm a pastor, then that means according to the word of God, I have a gift. I have a gift of teaching, a gift of ministry, and there may be other gifts involved depending on the man or woman's call. But I said, I'm not saying I'm a pastor, but if I am a pastor, then we have a supernatural gift we can work with. Everybody say, work with. And so that's the real key to relationship in a church because so many people are spectators and not participators. And you might as well have just gone to the broom closet and said, twinkle, twinkle, little star. God wants people that will come to church and bring their supply and allow the Holy Ghost to flow through whoever's speaking that day to minister to us because every person in the room has needs and has individual situations that they're going through. But thank God the Holy Ghost can speak to every person in the room right where they are. So it's more important that you hear from the Holy Ghost even than it is from me or your pastor because we want to operate in that gift and we want you to leave. I want to leave with something more than what I came in with. That's what church is all about. And so back to the gifting of the pastor. So if the man or the woman of God, in this case the couple, they're called of God, I believe they are, I want to draw on the gifting because Brother Joseph, I love him, and uh, uh, Sister Jennifer, love her and those wonderful family, their kids, I love every one of them, but they can't heal me and they can't get me blessed and they can't open doors and close doors for me, but the gifting within them can. So every time I come to church, I'm going to come with expectation. These meetings Brother Joey just had here for a few days, Colleen and I drove up. We just came to support. Uh, and uh, 
But boy, we were praying in tongues all the way here and believing God to hear from God. And boy, did we get a double portion, triple portion. And if you weren't here, I got your portion. Amen. <laughs> Used to, days ago, I'd get off the plane or whatever, and I'd say, Lord, there's people here that uh, couldn't care less about what you're doing in their lives one way or another, and yet you said you'd supply their need. So I'm here, minister and angels, go forth, get my needs met, and I'll take all the extra that nobody else wants. Could I have an amen? <laughs> like Joey said, if you're going to get something, you've got to get something. You've got to be hoggish with the things of God. I'll tell you the truth, I love each and every one of you, we're all in the same family, but I'll step over you in the parking lot to get into that anointing and whatever God has for me, amen. Well, that's all I had, thank you, drive safely. So, so we come to receive. From the pastor. I used to tell my people, we'd give out, you know, I think Christmas time or whatever, you know, family picture. And I'd say, here's what I want you to do. And I meant it. I said, put my picture on the refrigerator or in the bathroom, wherever, somewhere that you go every day. And when you walk by that, my picture, I want you to slap me right in the puss, bam, and say, <laughs> slap that picture and say, dear God, help our pastor. I said, I don't want you to start praying your will. Just pray God's will. Help him, help him, help him. Buddy Harrison used to say that may be the greatest prayer that was ever written or invented. Help! <laughs> Have you ever said that? Help! Well, if you knew me more, you'd say, he does. I'm going to get a picture of him, and I'm going to start praying for him. <laughs> Glory to God. It's so easy to pray here. So we, we want to honor the gifts. We want to honor the gifts. I'll take it a step further. You should sow into the pastor. And you might be saying, well, I, 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 no, 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 don't get upset. Well, I, I sowed my offering today. That's not what I'm talking about. This money goes to ministries, missions, who knows, pays lights, bills. I don't know what all it goes. Oh, man. Phew. Um, but you want to do that. You want to sow into your pastor. Just, and don't buy him cologne and, and a tie because you may not have the same taste he's got. Find out what he likes. <laughs> Amen. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Because uh, if you want to receive from that ministry gift, you honor it. I'm trying to get off this, but if you want to receive from a ministry gift, you honor that gift. So just be led to the Lord. I know probably Christmas time and his birthday, you get things for him. But every once in a while, slip him a 20 or $100 bill and, and, and just say, here, you know, have lunch on me. So into that gift. You'll be surprised what the Lord will do for you in the services and how much you'll receive from the gift. Everybody say the gift. It's not the guy. It's not the gal. It's the gifting on the inside. Well, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. How am I doing? I, that's what you said. I, I, I didn't want to say anything about buying a new car. I think they're not ready for that, but... Now, don't get me started on prosperity because I'll rant and rave for a while. <laughs> what do you mean get him a car? Well, my church started out the first car they got me. Now, I've sewed cars before. So if you want a car, you want to sew a car. Can't plant tomato seeds and expect corn. You're going to reap what you sow. You know, people take that out of, you know, well, so-and-so did this and that. They're going to reap that. Well, that's partly true, but we live in a, in a time of grace right now. And so, uh, you know, a lot of stuff that uh, legalism is trying to lock people into just isn't Jesus. He's not that way. Uh, but, yeah, so, you know, yeah, I've had cars given to me. But the church, the first car the church got for me was a Cadillac. Everybody say Cadillac. Man, I used to listen to a guy um, named Reverend Ike on the radio. And man, I liked hearing him. I like somebody that's got some fire to him, you know. I want to stay awake. And uh, he'd, uh, he'd receive offerings and he'd say, you cannot lose with the stuff I use. And before he'd receive the offering, he'd, and I did this in our churches. I've done this in the camp meetings. I'd say, we're going to receive the offering. Everybody shout Cadillac. Yeah? You did that? Absolutely. 
Absolutely. The Lord loves a cheerful giver and a receiver. Amen. I'm trying to, I've got a good message here today. I'm trying to get off this. Am I helping anybody? Oh, yeah, everybody shout Cadillac. You better believe it, honey. Now, somebody might say, well, I wouldn't say that. Well, you don't have to worry about it. I was, in a, I was in a mall one time, and there was a brand new shiny Cadillac, and I, you know, they were displaying cars, and I was standing there just looking at it, and a man standing next to me said, uh, you couldn't give me one of those if you gave it to me. I wouldn't take one of those if you gave it to me. I didn't say anything, but I thought to myself, you don't ever need to worry about that. Nobody's going to ever give you a Cadillac. You got to watch what you say about your money, because money comes through the hands of men. Money is the only blessing of God that doesn't fall out of heaven. It doesn't grow on trees. If you think about it, when you get money or a blessing that's financial or something like that, it comes through the hand of man. Luke 6.38 said, my God shall... No, Luke 6.38, yeah, that's Philippians 4.19. Luke 6.38 says, if you give, it'll be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and what? Running over who? Who? Men will give unto your bosom. Amen. So you got to watch what you say. Turn to somebody and say, you got to watch what you say. you got to watch what you say about your money because you may be cutting, shooting yourself in your own foot with your confession. Somebody out there has got your blessing. God wants to use people in your life to bless you. Did you know that? It's absolutely the truth. So the first car I got blessed with was a Cadillac. Amen. Black Cadillac. It was like driving a sofa down the road. This wasn't the little Cadillacs I got now. This was a big Cadillac. This was the kind of car you went, whoa, Cadillac, yeah. And then the, uh, we turned that in. The Lord, uh, let's see, the church blessed me with a Jaguar. Jaguar, same Jaguar that Princess Di had. Uh-huh, Hunter Green. Some of you don't like this, so I'm going to stay here. <laughs> If, if my other buddies were here, if Ray Jean was here, he'd go, they don't like that. You better start preaching it hard. So the church got me a, uh, a Jaguar. It had a Rolls-Royce suspension. It would do 160 miles an hour. I got it up to 140 one time. Yeah. I don't know how far I can go with this. I don't know whether you're pulling or pushing on this, okay? How many of you want to hear a good story? Well, I was coming back from Florida. I lived down on the Gulf Coast, and I was coming back from, I think it was Pensacola. It didn't make a difference. I was coming on Highway 10, and I was going back home, back to Mobile, where I live, and I got it up to 140 miles an hour. And uh, uh, with, the, with the Jaguar, not the new ones, but the old ones, you're low to the ground, and you're just kind of floating on a cloud with that suspension. You hardly know you're doing 140. However... The state policeman coming on the other side of the road recognized I was doing fast. I saw him going. I'm cruising along. I'm cool. I got my glasses on. I'm cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not telling anybody I'm a pastor of a church. And I'm driving along. And he goes this way. And I see him. And so I just, I took my foot off the gas and I pulled over. And I waited. And about five minutes later, he comes roaring back up the hill there. He sees me, and he pulls behind him. He jumps out of the car. Now, I'm not going to cuss. You're going to have to imagine on this. Anyway, he, uh, he comes over to the car. I had my license there. And he said, um, Mr. Roberts, do you have any idea that you were doing over 90 miles an hour? Without thinking, I looked up and I said, 90? I said, I was doing at least 140. <laughs> I don't recall exactly what he said in anger, but he said something about my mother. And he gave me back my driver's license. He said, you son of a something. And I, he said, get out of here. And I said, wait a minute. I was always taught, my mother taught me not to look a gift horse in the mouth. I said, how come you're not giving me a ticket? He goes, well, usually guys like you try to outrun me. But you pulled over and waited. And you know better than to drive that fast. Now get something, something out of here. <laughs> I'm telling you, the favor of God will work on you if you believe it. That's the truth. 
I'm not joking. How many of you guys could say, that sounds good to me? Yeah. That's true. Amen. Well, after the Jaguar, you know what comes next, the BMW. It had BMW 740i Dell. That car was very expensive. That car would fly too. I didn't test my faith. He said, why are you telling us that? Well, I'm just trying to build a little vision on the inside of you. God's bigger than what we're thinking. All of us. All of us. And if you think of God, I, I, something the Lord speaks to me just all this morning again today. Keep it simple. Turn to somebody and say, keep it simple. Keep it simple, keep it simple. If you think about God and Jesus in the way that you think about yourself as a father or a grandfather, you'll have a clearer understanding of how they operate. My grandchildren, I can't do enough for them. You know what I'm saying? Now, I don't, uh, you know, you, you can, I, well, yeah, I can't do enough for them, okay? I want them blessed. I want them making good grades. I want them to have, I, want them, I always give them money. Uh, uh, you know, I want them blessed. I want them to have whatever they want to have. God's the same way with you. Only Matthew seven eleven says, how much more will your father give good things to them that ask him? God wants to bless you. He wants you happy. Now, if you're happy in a Chevy, I'm with you. God bless you. Chevy's a great car. Don't, don't, don't get all hung up on that. Okay, don't get hung up on any of that. If you're happy in a pickup truck, I'd like to have a pickup truck. It'd be just fine with me. It's all good. If you're happy, God's happy. I'm just saying, and I've heard people say, well, you know, Pastor, you know, God supplies all my need, but I don't need anything. I don't need anything beyond that. And I try to be sincere and nice, but I want to go, that's a selfish spirit. Go ahead and believe for extra and sow it. Bless somebody else. You can't help somebody else if you can't help yourself. And God wants you rich. And he wants you happy. And somebody said, well, I don't like it when they talk about money in church. You need to get a Bible and read it. The God I serve, I don't know about the God you're serving, but the God I serve is a God of too much, honey. He said, I'll anoint your head with oil and your cup's gonna run over. Oh, yeah. Did you get that? Uh-huh. That's exactly right. He's a God of too much. He took those fishes and loaves. He set everybody down. And it said they took up 12 baskets full. And everybody ate to their full, if you read that. Folks, there were fat people in that meeting. Everybody in that meeting wasn't on a diet. You had big people in that meeting eating fish, and they ate till they're full. Are you listening to me? And he had, after everybody ate, they're full, they're filled, 12 baskets left over. I tell you, God wants to bless you, 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 bless you. Oh, I want you to raise your hand and say this. Father, I give you permission to bless me. Amen. And now for the second portion of our program. <laughs> all right, let's, let's, uh, let's go someplace real quick, all right? So I want you to get in agreement with me. And I want you to believe with me. Jesus Christ could not preach and do anything great in his own hometown because of their unbelief. And so many churches today, like I said, people are just uh, participators, not, uh, I mean, uh, huh, what? Spectators, thank you. Normally I work alone, but spectators. But we need to be participators. We're, we're in a family. Okay? I'm, I'm your brother. You and I are going to spend eternity together. That doesn't make, looking at some of you doesn't make me as happy as it should, but we're going to like each other in heaven, you'll see. And I want you to be blessed. That, that, that anointing, that pastoral anointing that I carry wants to see every person in this room encouraged and blessed and motivated and I want you to walk out of here with something you didn't come in here with can you believe with me let's do it father we honor you as best we can 
Uh, it's with all humility and honor we come to study the word just for the next few minutes. We're asking that the Holy Spirit would give us eyes to see, ears to hear. Help us to understand what you're saying to us in this particular meeting this morning. And uh, that we might walk closer to you and get to know you better and be the people that you've called us to be. And so we're believing together. I'm believing that you're going to speak to every person within the sound of my voice. And if they're in agreement with me, we're going to believe that together. And each one of us is going to receive. And we do. We give you all the glory, all the praise, all the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Can you believe? You want to believe with me for just for a few minutes? I know somebody's thinking, holy smokes, he's been up there 10, 15 minutes already. Now he's going to pray over the offering or over the meeting. Well, he that preaches short gets asked back. So you can take that off my time. I want to invite you to open your Bible to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. You ready? Here we go. You love the Lord with all your heart, say amen. Amen. If you're glad you're saved, say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. In Ephesians chapter 2, and I, I hope you take notes, I want to give you I want to give you two scriptures. Now, I, I, need to, I need to fire hose you real quick. What I mean by that is I need to just keep moving here so we can get out of here and beat the Baptist to the lunch counter, okay? So I want to, I want to give you a bunch of stuff so you've got to listen pay attention. I want to give you two prayers here that Paul prayed. Um, they're, they're prayers of the Holy Spirit. They have no time. These prayers are as fresh today as they were 2,000 years ago. These two prayers are Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 through 23. And uh, you can pray these prayers like verse 17. Uh, I'm, Paul said in verse 16, I, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. What did you pray for me, Paul? That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you. Now take the word you and put the word me in there because we're going to make this prayer for ourselves. I'm praying this prayer for myself. That the Lord, that the Father of glory may give unto me the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. The eyes of my understanding being enlightened, on and so forth and so on. Okay, the second prayer we're going to pray is Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 through 21. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 21. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant me, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in, his, in my inner man, that Christ may dwell in my heart by faith, and that I, being rooted and grounded in love, and on and so forth. Now, this is a prayer. I don't know if you know who Kenneth Hagin was, but he was the foremost prophet when he, before he went to heaven. Um, uh, he was the foremost prophet on, on the planet. And he, they call him the, the father of the faith movement, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm a graduate of Raymond Bible Training Center, uh, and uh, he's my spiritual father. He's in heaven. Um, he was a faith man, okay? Um. He prayed these two prayers over and over and over and over and over again. And revelation of the word began to come to him. I could teach a whole hour on all of that. I want you to, um, I'll just give you this testimony. If you'll start praying those prayers for yourself, whether you believe it or not, whether it impacts you or not, I, I just, just mechanically pray them. What's going to happen to you after a while is you're going to read, begin reading your Bible and stuff's going to pop out. And, you're going to, and, and somebody's going to be teaching something and stuff's going to rise up on the inside of you, the word, the anointing. If you can trust me on this, and it's not going to happen overnight, you don't grow spiritually like you, well, you do grow spiritually like you do physically. It takes time. Amen. You're not born and just all of a sudden you have teeth and start talking and walking. It takes time to grow. And so it's the same thing spiritually. It's going to take time. However, if you just do it, and you just do it, and you just do it, and you just do it, you'll be amazed at how the Holy Ghost will have an open door on the inside of you to begin to reveal things to you in the Word and in messages and on the CDs you listen to and on and on. And, and, and things will begin to pop. Now, it doesn't mean you're going to just you know float 
around. I'm not talking about that. But the word that already is alive will become more alive to you. Amen. That's a great tip. It, as Brother Hagin says, just works like magic. Now, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, in the, in the King James Version, it says, We are God's workmanship. Somebody say, I'm God's workmanship. Yeah, I'm God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God before ordained that I should walk in them. I like the Amplified Version. In fact, Colleen and I have it on a piece of paper, and it's on the, on the mirror. Uh, in our bathroom and listen to what it says in the amplified we are God's own handiwork somebody say that's me we are God's own handiwork his workmanship recreated in Christ Jesus or born anew that we may do those good works everybody say good works did you know you're called to good works you're called to take the gospel to all the world did you know that and if you can't go, you're supposed to send somebody. That's the orders from headquarters. We are called to serve God and take the gospel into all the world. Amen. And so here it says here that uh, we're born anew, that we might do those good works which God predestinated and planned beforehand for us. This is each one of us. This isn't for preachers. This is everybody in the family. We're, to t we're going to be taking paths which he prepared ahead of time that we should walk in those paths. And here's the part I like, living the good life. That's the plan. of Somebody said, I wonder what God's plan for my life is. God wants you to live the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us through the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. God wants his people, his children, living the good life. He wants you happy. He wants you full of joy. He wants that anointing to flow through you and out of you to where you can't help but talk about Jesus where something burns on the inside of you that you can't deny, turn your back on, or look away from. The Holy Ghost, the anointing, the Word of God becomes so rich and real on the inside of you, it just spills over to everybody you're around. Now, I'm not talking about just floating around. You know, people say walking in the Spirit, and, and we always get this idea, some of the prayer people. Um, uh, you know, anyway, you know what I'm talking about. I don't need to expound. Especially you guys know what I'm talking about. I'm not going to the prayer meeting with those. Uh, uh. But anyway, uh, but anyway, uh, walking in the spirits, walking in love, walking in the word, helping other people, motivating other people, laying hands on the sick, just doing what you're called to do. Now, you're not responsible to make it happen. You're just responsible to do what you're called to do. Could I have a good amen? When I think of the good life, everybody say the good life. This is something I began to start saying some time ago. I'm pursuing, I'm, Lord, I'm going after the good life. I'm going after the good life. I'm going after the good life. I'm, I'm going to pursue and press through and get to the good life because God's got a good life for every one of his children, a good life, a happy life, a joyful life. Amen. It's not a fairy tale, my friend. It's a fact. It's in the word of God. This isn't something that somebody made up. This actually happened. The stories you read in the Bible are true. Every one of them from the ark to the garden of Gethsemane. Every story is actually those people in the Bible aren't fairy tale, fairy tale people. Those are real people. Those things really happened. And so when I say the good life, God says the good life, that's exactly what he means. He wants you to have a good life. Amen. Think about it. The tightest person in the room, you know who you are, Robert. I, shouldn't have told me your name. Uh, the meanest person in the room, and you know who you are. The roughest, toughest up, most uptight person in the family. God has planned and prepared for you a good life. Now think about it. If tomorrow you woke up and checked your mail and there was a check in the mail through something that happened, somebody you knew, somebody in your family, it could be any number of things. There's a check and oh, I know, you get a phone call or a letter and you won the lottery. Now I know nobody here would play the lottery, but this is for those other folks that might be listening online. I'm talking to you, you know who you are. 
But let's say tomorrow you won the lottery. We, I don't know if you have the lottery up here, but we have it down where I live. And I don't know what the lottery thing is, uh, you know, but let's say it's $30 million. That's probably reasonable, amen? But what if tomorrow, and I'm talking about the grouchy people. Tomorrow, I'm talking about the people that don't like receiving the offering. They don't like it when we talk about money. And they really didn't appreciate me telling them about my car. So uh, that person, you know who you are. But tomorrow, you find out you've won $30 million. I promise you, you would not come to church next Sunday the way you came to church this morning. You came to church this morning going, oh boy, I hope it don't last long. We got a guest speaker. I came to hear the pastor. Oh, gee. Oh, my gosh. Oh, no. He thinks he's funny on top of everything. This is church. I don't like him already. He's not wearing a robe. There's not a candle to be seen. And there's no incense. I'm leaving. I don't know what group this is. And I got people saying amen and making noise. And that band is loud. Holy moly. What is this, a rock concert? I came to church. There's people that think that way, you know. <laughs> Makes us want to get louder, doesn't it? Yeah. Makes you want to dance and shout. Run that devil off. Hey! <laughs> what was I talking about? I was having such a good time there. But nobody knows, okay. Say what? Oh, so you won the lottery. I knew she'd remember. I guarantee you, you wouldn't come to church next week like you did today, getting out of your car going, oh man, I hope this don't last all day and I don't know who this guy is. Oh, gee. You'd come in like this. <laughs> You'd be doing the coolest walk in the world. <laughs> hey, 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 Robert, how you doing, buddy? This guy hasn't spoken to you since he started coming here, but today, my best, we're besties. You and I are tight. Oh. Crank it up, band. I want to hear every note. I'm going to... Why? Because that money... I mean, come on, don't be stupid. That money just eradicated... At least three quarters of the things you may be thinking about and worrying about. And you got my, we're going to receive the offering? Oh, I hope they receive three offerings today. You'd be coming down with your, I'm going to need two envelopes. You'd be coming down the aisle, praise the Lord. You pay your tithes, I brought mine today. Faith, faith, faith. Acts like it's already happened. Faith acts like the Bible's true. Faith acts like God didn't lie when he said, I'll supply all your need. When he said, I've redeemed you from the curse of the law. When he said, by his stripes you are healed. When he said, I'll bring your family together. When he said, you can trust me, I'll hear and answer your prayers. Faith acts like that's true. And you think about it, how many of you are born again? A couple of you. You should have prayed that prayer earlier with us. Yet think about it, think about it. You've never been to heaven. You don't know which way heaven is. I know you're going to go like this, but the Chinese down there are pointing the other way. Okay, you don't, you don't, the only thing you have to prove to me that you're born again and going to heaven is what it says in your Bible. That's it. And that's faith. And you do your best to grow and act like a Christian. You paid your tithes today. You sowed seed today. Why? Because you believe what he said in the Bible. Is true. That's what faith is. And your faith will allow you to produce the good life. In the, uh, when I, I was in the army, 
and we were trained with all kinds of weapons. If you were shooting a 45, you had to aim very accurately because you only get about 50 feet on a 45, and you got to aim carefully. Even with the uh, M1, you got to aim. You know, you got to take your time to get an aim and hit your target. But then they had these things called grenades. Now, here's what a grenade is. It's this little thing that looks like a pineapple. And you pull this pin out, and, and there's a little clip that you're holding on to. And you want to hold on to because when the clip flips out, it's about, what is it, 10 seconds, guys? Something like that before it blows up. And these things are so dangerous, you don't even throw them overhand like a baseball. You throw them like this. And you hunker down behind uh, protective, uh, uh, a protective bunker wall there, and you take your grenade and you throw it into the enemy's camp. Now, the thing about a grenade is this. With the other weapons, you got to take aim and you got to hit the guys. But the grenade, when the grenade hits in the middle, it blows everything up. Everything is leveled. I'm getting ready to throw a grenade at you, all right? lost about a half a pound the other day, and so my clothes are too big. Anyway, you see, there's people today that are teaching and preaching that God's in control, and a blanket of silence goes over that Presbyterian church. There's people that believe that. There's people that believe God's in control. I'm going to say that again. There's people that believe there's people that teach and preach that God's in control. And so that kind of whatever that is allows me to sit back and relax. I don't have to use my faith now. In fact, there's no need to even pray. If God's in control, why would you pray? What would you pray about if he's in control? Huh? I know some of you don't like this, but listen, this will help you and it'll set you free. It's the truth. God's in control. If God's in control, what is it? He's murdered 65 million babies the past couple of years. If God's in control, he, he murdered a bunch of my buddies in Nam. Yeah, if he's in control. I know this doesn't feel real good, but it'll help you and get you free. God has given the church authority. We control what's happening. That's the reason that things are happening in our country that shouldn't be happening. The church didn't pray. They didn't stand against these things. And we're going to be held responsible. But I got good news. There's churches like this and people like you, this that have joined the Christian army that are believing God filled with the Holy Ghost, taking the word of God and the sword of the Spirit that are beginning to start fires all around the world. And I'm telling you something. The fire's going to burn out the chaff. It's on its way because I'm telling you, revival's going to come to America. God's going to save America. Amen. When you pray about America, pray with humility and ask for mercy because America has done everything it could to kick God out of this country from its schools to everything else. We've done everything we could to kick him out. We need to beg and ask for mercy. Everybody say mercy. When you pray for America and pray for the president and all those people, and, you, and I, you know, somebody said, well, I, don't, I can't pray for the president. You know, yes, you can. You just, we're going to walk by faith. We're supposed to pray for those in authority over us. Absolutely. We're supposed to pray for those people. And just, you'll be safe that you may lead a quiet and peaceable life. Amen. Whoa, I hit a hot spot, didn't I? Somebody said, well, I can't even pray for the president. Yes, you can. If you're in the family. Paul was murdering families and God touched his life and he wrote three quarters of the New Testament. God can touch anybody's life. There's somebody out there that those people that are trying to destroy America, there's somebody out there that every one of them would listen to. It's our responsibility to send laborers across their path with the good news that things could turn around. But I'm telling you, revival's coming. Revival's coming. You got quiet on that. You liked the Cadillac, didn't you? Well, I'm just trying to help you and keep you straight and keep me straight. Can I have an amen? How about a better amen? An amen. Yeah. Because the truth of the matter is, there's none of those people you'd shoot if you had the opportunity. You know, the Bible says you can be angry, just don't sin about it. Moving right along. 
Okay, I'm going to give you I'm going to give you the master key and then I'll go sit down, okay? You ready? I'm going to show you how the whole system works. I'm going to show you how the whole system works, how the whole kingdom works. This is the key that unlocks the golden door to all of heaven's treasure. How many of you want to hear it? We used to play cards all the time, and, and uh, one of the things, I used to play with Jonathan Del Turco in Boston. We've been friends for years, and we always like to play this game, Hawaiian Rummy. And, and uh, we were playing one day, and, you know, you discard a card. And, and, and if you want to buy that card, if you're playing against me, you can buy that card. And one day, Jonathan goes, here it goes. He goes, this is the card that unlocks the whole deck. It wasn't. But I still say that too. So I'm about to give you the card that unlocks the whole deck. You want to know how the system works? Go to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10 verse 8. I bet you got it marked in your Bible. What saith it or what does it say? Hey, that's a good question. What does the Bible say? What does the Bible say? What does the Bible say? Well, I, I'm not, you know, I, I, I lost my job and, and uh, things aren't good. What does the Bible say? Well, this and, this and that's going on in my family. What does the Bible say? They're getting ready to raise my taxes. What does the Bible say? You're on safe ground when you're on the scripture because it's the one thing that never changes. Things change, churches change, people change, ministries change, family changes, all kinds of changes going on. One thing that never changes is God's word. On your sickest day, it says you're healed. On your poorest broke day, it says I'll supply all your need. Boy, I'm trying to avoid something and I'm going to avoid it. Don't worry, honey. Uh, uh, I know what she's thinking, what I'm thinking. You cannot base what's happening in your life on your experience. You can't base on what you believe. That's a better way to say it. You can't base what you believe about God based on your experience. Because there's a difference between something that's true and truth. It may be true, you can't pay your bills. And you might say, I wouldn't recommend it, I can't pay my bills. And that's true. But it's not truth. I could say, well, you know, I was up in... Uh, in Massachusetts at uh, Highway Church and um, it snowed all day long. It's true, I said that, but it's not truth. And as long as you try to get to know God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, through your experiences, you're going to get cheated. The only way you can get to know God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit is by getting His truth in you. What saith it? So that's what I need to find out what the Bible says when things come up in my life or I look at my life. What does the Bible say? 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 Well, this happened. Well, what does the Bible say? Well, that happened, but what does the Bible say? I'm not able to pay my bills, but what does the Bible say? 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 I'm telling you, it gets monotonous. What does the Bible say? 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 What? Ooh, flowers. What does the Bible say? What does the Somebody say that with me. What does the Bible say? Say it again. What does the Bible say? Say it out loud. What does the Bible say? You want to ask yourself that question every time you have a thought or a circumstance come up in your life. What does the Bible say? Well, the word is near you or in your mouth 
in your heart, that's the word of faith which we preach. If it's the word of God and somebody's teaching you the word of God or you're listening to somebody teach, teach and it's actually true and scriptural, there will be faith on it. Not everybody that's in pulpits is teaching faith or teaching truth. You can sense whether there's faith on it or not. What do you mean? Well, if what you're hearing from the pulpit or your book or whatever you're teaching or hearing brings fear, condemnation, causes you to worry, makes you anxious, there's something wrong there, it's not true. The Bible says that the word of God is for edification, exhortation, and comfort. If what you hear doesn't bring comfort, edification, exhortation, there's something wrong somewhere. I don't care who's talking about it. Good preaching, Ross. Thank you. Glad we had you here today. What saith that the word is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart? That's the word of faith which we preach. Glory to God. I'm a member of the family of faith, and so are you. Amen. That if you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the confession, mal- uh, uh, with the confession, salvation is ma- uh, with <laughs> with the confession the mouth. Let's look at it. I'm I'm wanting to talk in tongues here. With the heart man believes in righteousness, and with mouth. With the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. That word salvation there is not just getting born again. It means meeting your needs, being healed, all the good things, the good life. With your mouth, you use your mouth to confess God's word to cause the good things to begin to happen in your life. That's the key. Somebody said, well, I'm having trouble believing this and that. Start saying what the Bible says. Start saying it. Here's the deal. We start saying things and our head gets in the way. The carnal thinking and says, okay, okay, you said it 50 times. That's enough. The Bible constantly talks about meditating in the word, thinking about pondering, imagining something. You got to say it and say it and say it and say it and say it till it gets on the inside of you. And once it gets on the inside of you, when you begin to say it, faith will be attached to it. You begin to say, God's going to supply all my need and does supply all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You probably don't believe that. It takes a while for that seed to get on the inside of your spirit and begin to grow. And you may be thinking this and thinking that. Paul said, renew your mind with the word of God. You got to say it and 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 you got to watch what you say because what you say is headed your way you may think it's cute to say some things we say but what you say is headed your way whether you like it or not life and death is in the power of the tongue and you say something long enough it's going to get on the inside of you think about it how many of you know your own name raise your hand if you do that's right you know your own name Robert say yeah my name's Robert he says that. Why does Robert say that? He didn't look at his lapel, didn't look at a notebook, didn't ask somebody to say, what is, what is my name? They want to know what my name is. He immediately said, Robert. Why? I wonder how many times he's had somebody's called his name. All his life he was raised with Robert, 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 Robert in Sunday school. What's your name? Robert, first grade. What's your name? Robert, Robert. He wrote his name. He said his name a million times. He's heard his name a million times. It's on the inside of him. He doesn't have to think about it. It's in his mind. It's in his spirit. He doesn't even have to think about it. My name is Robert. However, my friend, as you and I know, because we've watched some stuff on television, sometimes people live a whole life finding out somebody else was their parents or that wasn't actually the name they were given. Kenneth Hagin, when he was born, an angel came to his mom think about this an angel appeared to his mom and said call him John and, uh, and she said yeah, I'm going to call him Kenneth <laughs> and so we know him as Kenneth Hagen okay uh, but I heard uh, um, and I don't recall who it was maybe Jesse DePlan- somebody say when they were, they were in heaven for a reason and they saw Brother Hagen and said, oh, there's Brother, uh, Kenneth Hagen. And, uh, and the, 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 I, I, the angel that was with him says, no, his name's John. And so uh, I, I like that story. But think about that. You may have had every, you've think, you don't even think about that your name is Robert. However, sometimes it's the squirreliest thing. You find out something was switched, paperwork, parents, who knows. And your real name was Willie. And that's discouragement and disappointment right there, I'm sad to say. But anyway, I'm just being silly, Willie. 
But how many of you know you've heard about things like that, read about things like that? But the reason he doesn't hesitate, the reason it's a part of him, is he's heard it and he's said it, and it's in his heart. The more you say something, the stronger your faith goes. So I can't base my life on what's happening in my life. I base my life and what I believe on what it says in the Bible. And so I take out my three by five cards or my notebooks and I write the scriptures down. The scriptures that I want to get on the inside of me and I begin to say them. And nothing begins to happen because seeds don't grow overnight. But my friend, if you'll keep saying it and you'll keep saying it and you'll keep saying it and you keep saying it, your mind will get renewed and you'll begin to think things differently. The Bible does say we have the mind of Christ. And if that's a good scripture right there, I have the mind of Christ. I have the mind of Christ. I have the mind of Christ. You forget something, immediately comes out of your mouth. I have the mind of Christ. You, 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 oh, you didn't remember somebody's birthday. Yeah, but I got the mind of Christ. I got, what am I doing? I'm taking this word. Hebrews 4.12 says that it's quick. That means it's alive. This, the, you can find these words in a magazine. You can find these words in a novel. You can find the word by in a, in a magazine. His in another magazine. Stripes, you can find that in a decorator's magazine. But it's not the same as the words that are in this book. Because the words that are in this book, Paul wrote to Timothy and said there, God breathed. God breathed on these words. Hebrews 4.12, they're alive. These words are alive. What's in here is power. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God. It's not coated with the power of God. It's been not candy coated with the power of God. It's not dipped in the power of God. It is the power of God. It's been a joy and a privilege to serve you today. God bless you. Thank you. God is so good. We want to invite you to continue to grow in the knowledge of his goodness, who he is, what he's done for you, and who you are in him. Check out our websites at josephbosco.us and highwaychurch.us and begin living the abundant life he came to give you.